Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. For a brand new episode of Patriots Beat, it's Alex Barth in the host chair today because uh, me and Brian aren't in Wisconsin. And Brian actually can't get his camera to work. So I'm going to run this. The plan originally, and this works perfect, was to have Taylor Kyles of CLNS Media kind of pinch hit on this one because he is in Wisconsin. He is in Green Bay where the Patriots held their first joint practice of the year against the Packers earlier today. So uh, it's going to be a little bit of a different you know, show format. It's going to be kind of an interview. I'm going to ask <laughs> Taylor what he saw today. And it's, I'm going to warn everybody right now, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter show because after this, Taylor has to go do his show with Evan Lazar. And we Mm -hmm. won't get into me being bitter as a joke that Evan is making his CLNS return on not Patriots beat, but we're just going to push those emotions down and power through. So that being said, Taylor, how are you? I'm doing well, buddy. It was a fun day of practice. Um, There were some things that we don't love to see with the Patriots offense that kind of carried over. We'll get into that. But overall, man, just being in Green Bay, like Lambeau Field, it's got that mystique. You feel it. Uh, It's been really cool being out here the past couple of days. All right, let, we're going to throw the pleasantries aside from your Felgren Maz style because we don't have that much time. All right, let's do it. Let's get to I, – I actually want to start off with a guy who didn't participate a ton today, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. He made the flight. Mm-hmm. He's there. We saw him in uniform. We got the pictures, but he only did individual drills, no team drills for mm-hmm. him. But from what you saw, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I thought he looked pretty good. You know, it's, it's hard to see. He wasn't even wearing full pads. Um, but he was getting, like, coached up by Bill O'Brien and Vinny Sinceri. Um, Mac Jones complimented him on an angle route that he ran. It was, like, one of two routes when they were doing routes on air. Um, but, yeah, I thought he looked pretty good from what you can tell. You know, this is going to be a thing where we look back in two months and are like, we're speculating on him when he was just wearing shoulder pads. Uh, but, I mean, relative to, you know, the situation, I did think he looked solid. There's one other thing on Elliot I want to bring up, and I found this very interesting. I honestly don't know what to make of this. I just, I think there's something there. I'm still kind of formulating the take in my head, but I I want to ask you this, uh, Taylor, and I'm trying to find the exact quote, but yeah, here it is. So Bill was asked about Elliot before practice today. Good to have him. Looking forward to working with him. But then he, he said this when asked about kind of where he's at, what he's contributing to the team. This is Bill. I spent time with him last night on the trip on terminology and plays and protections, things like that. So it sounds like based on that quote, at least to some extent, it's Bill Belichick teaching Ezekiel Elliott, the offense, not Bill O'Brien, not running backs coach Vinny Sincere. And look, maybe they were involved as well. They probably were involved as well. But Mm -hmm. I think after last year, there's a little bit more of a spotlight naturally on the process of Mm -hmm. offensive coaching. And what do you make of Bill sitting down with Zeke on the plane and going through the playbook with him personally instead of maybe, you know, maybe Bill O'Brien was there, but at least being a part of that. I think maybe it just emphasizes that this is a player they really want to have a significant role on their team. Clearly, he's jumping into the fire really quickly. I know the speculation is mostly that he's going to be a short yardage specialist. He's going to be a pass blocker. But when you hear what Ramondre Stevenson, he acknowledged that the Patriots usually have a tandem in the backfield and brought up Damian Harris. 
Then Mac Jones literally said that uh, Ramondre and Ezekiel Elliott were going to be a great one-two punch. Now, obviously, I think that's going to be more of like a 65-35 split. You know, I think it's going to be the Ramondre Stevenson show, but it does seem pretty clear that they want to get Ezekiel Elliott involved as quickly as possible to both take the load off of Ramondre Stevenson and also kind of help younger guys like Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong ease their way into their second year and into the rotation rather than the spotlight being on them immediately. All right, let's get to the guys that were on the field. Mm-hmm. And we'll start here. So I'm I'm not in Green Bay. I'm following along on home from home on Twitter. And I'm seeing tweet after tweet after tweet a lot from you. Kayshawn Booty with a catch. Kayshawn Booty with another catch. Kayshawn Booty with another catch. And I'm like, wow. And then I knew practice wasn't over because people were still tweeting. But then there's no Kayshawn Booty tweets for like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So what his day kind of sounds like a roller coaster. Is that the right way to read it? Um, I didn't notice that he was really doing anything particularly wrong. Like, it's not like he was getting targets, not catching them or anything like that. And frankly, I know you read a lot about the offensive line as well. Um, you know, plays couldn't really develop. There were a lot of times where you either saw checkdowns, you're looking and guys are open, and then you look in the backfield and it's, well, they're trying to find room just to set up and throw. So, but you know me, I'm a film guy without the benefit of all 22. I'm very hesitant to say whether a receiver had a good or bad game when you can't really see what they did individually, definitely stood out that he was great to start practice and then kind of fell off the face of the earth in terms of his production. Um, But with a young guy like that, I think it's just good that he was playing as well as he was, had a great anticipation throw on an out route from Mac Jones, had another one on the sideline on a deep out where Bailey Zappi actually threw it behind him and it allowed the defender to make a play on the ball. I thought it was going to get broken up. And we saw, remember early on, in camp in the offseason program, Booty wasn't coming down with a lot of those contested catches. This is one where he caught it clean. And uh, I would just maybe lean toward more of the positive if he did well. And without, you know, being able to really dive into why he disappeared, I don't want to get too into that. But definitely, you know, that did stand out. Um, but again, pass rush was a big issue for the offense today. So that probably had a hand in it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the offensive line, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. One more wide receiver, though, Demario Douglas. There's been all this hype for this kid. I, I'm the one who keeps saying... He's checked every box he could check to this point. Yeah. These joint practices, a new secondary, a new system, it's a it's a whole new set of boxes for him to check. Mm-hmm. Did he hold his own today? Did he once again look like an NFL receiver today? Yeah, I'd say so. So he was working mostly with Bailey Zappi. Um, but he did have a touchdown early in the red zone on a whip route. Like, we've seen him. He's got that Edelman thing where he just dusts guys on that kind of route. Easy separation for a touchdown. There was another one. I think it was a crossing route that he caught over the middle where everybody on the sideline was like, damn, yep, he looks fast. It's not just against the Patriots defenders. Like, he is clearly different when he's on the field. Um, Wasn't, like, a huge day in terms of, like, splash plays for him. Again, the passing offense wasn't what it probably could have been because of the trenches situation. But Demario Douglas continues to live up to the hype and the capacity that he's being used and the opportunities he's given. So it sounds like for the quarterbacks, it was kind of an up and day, all, down day all around. Mm-hmm. And here we go with this thing again, Taylor. Throughout the start of camp, it's been the offense did this, but the offensive yeah. line was a mess. Like like mm-hmm. any accomplishment is in spite of what they're dealing with up front. And that's not to excuse poor performance. It's just to contextualize it. And I've said this mm-hmm. since May. If anything undoes this offense, it's not going to be Mac Jones. It's not going to be the coaches. It's not going to be the receivers. It's going to be the offensive line. Yeah. How much of their issues today were just simply they they can't get this thing blocked? 
Well, there was part, one thing I would like to point out is that there were also penalties. Like one thing we have not really seen from the Patriots offense is penalties, is beating themselves. I think there was a false start. There was a hold. I believe each one was on a rookie, Moppy and City So. Um, but then you just saw how tough it is. I thought Trent Brown looked fine. Didn't notice anything in particular from David Andrews. Um, I think Riley Reef held up pretty well. But when you have one Riley Reef, a guy who's playing at guard when you expect him to be tackle, and then you have two rookies on the line, things are going to be difficult, whether it's stunts that are harder to pick up because guys don't have chemistry, whether it's just young guys who aren't used to the NFL game and are still adjusting the speed and the execution and whatnot. Um, again, this is one of those where I don't have the alt- I don't have like the end zone angle or the film, right. so I can't tell you exactly what was going down and where the breakdowns were, but it was very obvious that the, pa- the Patriots quarterbacks would have been sacked several times, and even though they weren't sacked, plays weren't able to develop, so guys had to check it down. There was even a couple plays where Mac tucked it and ran, which – I don't even see how that's really a productive rep, but it gets to a point where I'm sure he's just trying to keep the offense on schedule. So as much as it's easy to say, okay, they're going to figure it out because their guys are going to come back. He Cole strange. Mike and Winu comes off pup. Well, when is Mike and Winu coming off pup? And even with Cole strange there, you know, how is he going to feel getting back into action? Like, yeah, he's established on the team to a degree, but he's also only in his second year. Um, so I'm worried a little bit about how this disruption and their inability to really execute their plays because of the line is going to affect them in the regular season and what they're able to execute and what that, you know, ripple effect is going to be. All right. So since we're limited, we'll we'll kind of put the quarterbacks aside. I know people are going to take that as me not want to talk about Mac Jones having a bad day. I mean, it sounds like he had a fine day. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was was just, yeah. If it was his best day at camp, that would be a problem. If it was his worst day at camp, that would be excellent. It's probably going to end up being somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. One more on the offense before we move on to the other side of the ball here, Taylor. And, of course, mm-hmm. we got to do special teams as well. Uh, Mike Sicky, not on the field. I don't think that was really a surprise. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, two more on the offense. But this, Mike Kosicki, uh, not on the field. I don't think that was much of a surprise. But how did the tight end, uh, the tight end position usage change without him? Was it more 11 if they were in 12, who was getting the reps? What did that look like? Yeah, so it seems like Matt Sokol was the next man up in that capacity. It was tough to see how exactly they were using them when Henry and Matt Sokol were on the field together. Just because, you know, when you're at these practices, if you don't have the right angle and you got the wall of offensive linemen and defensive linemen in front of you, it can be really tough to tell. But it seemed to me like Sokol was more the inline guy and then Hunter Henry became the off-ball guy. You also saw Matt Sokol in three receiver sets as the isolated tight end on the backside with all three receivers opposite. Usually that's somewhere where you see Hunter Henry or Mike Kosicki. So it makes me think that he's somebody they see with both positional versatility, but also someone who can step up. And even when there's only one tight end on the field, that could be Sokol. I didn't see Ferkser mixing a ton with the top unit, although I did see there was an empty package where he was the only tight end, and I believe it was uh, Kendrick Bourne caught a shallow crosser on a high-low concept. So I think Sokol is your tight end three, but clearly they also have some plans for Anthony Ferkser. Because I will tell you that football Thank season is about to kick off, and FanDuel's giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. That's a good deal. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl. You'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. 21 plus and present in MA. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. 
Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com backslash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Yeah, it's just weird to me because I don't think you get Ferks was not going to give you what Gasicki gives you. I I think if the, the closest guy that would give you if you want to replace one for one would be Scotty Washington. Yeah, just yeah. in terms of the hybrid wide receiver tight end. But I, unless he had an amazing day today, I, I didn't see anything from him in Foxborough those three weeks. Yeah, no, we were actually talking about that on the sideline. How it's kind of bizarre that when when the running routes on air, Scotty Washington looks amazing. Like he's extending, he's making all these acrobatic plays. He looks wonderful. And you never hear about him when it comes to team drills, when it's competitive drills, which is really odd. And the fact that he isn't even really in the mix unless it's like the threes or like the backups to the backups, you know, I definitely think it's odd. I don't know how to explain it necessarily because he is such a great athlete. I think maybe his hands are a bit inconsistent. That could be part of it. I think we saw in many camper OTAs, there were some times where he got opportunities and couldn't capitalize on them. Um, so I don't know what's up with that. I would like to see him get more of an opportunity with the Siki situation. But I also think maybe they're just trying to lean on the guys who've been in the league for a while in Sokol and Ferguson. It's weird because I thought last year they liked Washington just, just based mm-hmm. on kind of how they used him in those limited roles and things I'd heard. But I maybe not as much as, you know, Anthony Ferguson wasn't here last year. They might like Anthony yeah. Ferguson better. All right, real last one on the offense, and a couple of people in the chat brought this up, and thank you because I'm, I'm glad I didn't miss this. Uh, mm-hmm. There, It sounded like there was a little bit of a heated moment between Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, their late yeah. practice. Sounded like Mac kind of shrugged it off when he was asked about it after practice, gave kind of a non-answer. What was your read on that whole situation? Yeah, so I was actually looking somewhere else. I had to piece this information together from some of our fellow reporters. But it seemed like there was just some error where they were trying to do that fire drill field goal where you're going down two-minute – and then you don't have any timeouts, so you try to get the unit out there as soon as possible. It seemed like there was some operational error where Mac Jones made the wrong decision. Belichick got in his ear about it and was very vocal about how we did something wrong. And then they came back out there and did it again. So honestly, it's one of those situations where Tom Curran asked about it because we didn't understand what was going on. And Mac even said, like, I can only give you a certain kind of answer. You know, your media, it's a pretty complicated situation. But I don't know if it was maybe he should have thrown it out and stopped the clock or whether like what exactly went wrong. But that was one error in a day where I, I think there were also some times where receivers weren't doing what they were supposed to do during two minute where they caught the ball. And rather than getting down or getting out of bounds, they ran with it in the situation where we know no one's going to tackle you. So if you're going to take the ball, unless you got actual grass, if you're just going to run through the defense when they're not really trying to hit you, you're really just wasting time and reps, especially the Packers, like they're trying to get practice reps in too. They're trying to learn as well. So there was that. And there was also, like I said, the penalties, there was a miscommunication with Kendrick Bourne. I'm kind of, you know, I'm going off on a tangent a bit here because I don't really, I don't have a ton of details on what happened with the um, error with the special, uh, I'm sorry, with the uh, two minute, but it was probably the sloppiest day that I've seen in terms of their execution, especially considering like every time Gasicki gets up on the mic, he's talked about how they don't beat themselves. You know, you can't have penalties, blah, blah, blah. And they were definitely starting to do that today. Maybe it was just the first day against another team. You're kind of excited. There's jitters. I'm going to wait till tomorrow to make a real definitive statement on that. But objectively, this was more of a penalty-filled day and a day where the execution situationally wasn't as good as it should be, considering they've been really good in those areas for most of uh, these sessions. Yeah, look, I'd, I'd, I'd call it a little concerning because mm-hmm. we know they, they wait these practices. The first 
you know, an early camp non-padded practice is not the same as a padded joint practice. So Mm -hmm. this is, you know, this practice carries as much weight as any individual practice they've had, I would think significantly more. So for them to be out of start going out of sorts for this one, no, go ahead for the, but for them to be going out of sorts on this one, I think is a little concerning. That's a good point. Absolutely. And I did, I saw something you asked about Riley reef guard and just reminded me, I do want to say on a positive note for the offensive line, before we move on from the offense, they looked really good run blocking. Mac Jones pointed it out, and he said that that was a theme early on in practice where you're kind of thinking, all right, is this is they actually have something here? Because when they're playing against their own team, it's really it's tough to tell how well the offensive line is really doing because they're not trying to like bring guys down and whatnot. But you were seeing they were getting legitimate push against the Packers in the trenches, and that wasn't just early; that carried out throughout practice. Now, obviously, most of these reps are throws because it's hard to simulate run when you're not in a real game and guys are going 110. percent but I will say, if you're looking for a positive about the trenches, uh, you know, Mothy, City So, Riley Reap, the guys that you're kind of concerned about, they looked really good as runbockers, which you expect from those guys because they're bigger guys, kind of maulers. So, yeah, just a little uh, positive note there. And, and they're going to need to be able to run the ball. I think that's <laughs> yeah, they pretty clear to this point. Um, let's, uh, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. And I want to start with Marte Mapu because this is a big day for him. Out of that mm-hmm. non-contact jersey, regular, you know, full participant in practice in terms of the physicality. I think we've seen what he can do uh, mm-hmm. diagnosing plays, his, his lateral movement, his explosive movement, but in terms of the physical elements of his game, how did he look today? I will kind of plead the fifth a little bit on this one, because once again, from where I was standing, there were times where like the line was just right in front of the defense and you couldn't see where anybody was or what was going on. What I did see from Mapu, I saw him a lot at linebacker. So actually playing the position he's listed as on the roster, which hasn't always been the case. Although I don't know how much I can actually say about that. Um, But, you know, he was used in that kind of that Mac Wilson kind of Kyle Duggar capacity in some of the, uh, the sub packages where you see them mugging or kind of walked up to the line of scrimmage to threaten blitz. And then you see them drop and try to get vertical down the field, which is a role that he's great in because he's a bigger guy who also has a ton of range. Um, So I didn't notice any impact plays from him personally. I don't know if they really even threw it to him or if he had any opportunities. I feel like it was more a day where the corners were the ones that were the ones that you really noticed. Um, But it was good to see Mapu one out there during these reps. Obviously he was in the red non-contact Jersey didn't even play in the last preseason game. Uh, But yeah, most of what I saw from him was at linebacker and he looks good moving around out there. All right, let's talk about the corners. Then I want to get to the late round corners, but we're going to start with Christian Gonzalez. He was in coverage on what has kind of been billed as the play of the day, a deep connection between Jordan love to Christian Watson. What'd you see on that play? And, and talk about his whole day. Like put that play aside against other NFL competition for the first time. How did he look as a whole? Yeah. So the targets I saw, um, I'll mention that play last. Um, the first one, there was a catch to on a slant to Romeo Dobbs, where frankly, I don't know if he realized the ball was snapped because he was just standing there and Dobbs was breaking inside and he kind of seemed a little bit dazed and confused on that one. Um, but then the very next play, Jordan Love tried to hit him on a deep ball to Dobbs. It was overthrown, but I thought Gonzalez did a good job catching back up to Dobbs and would have either been able to break it up or make a play on the ball had it actually been on target. And then on the play that he gave up, I got to see a clip of it afterwards, so I had a better idea of what happened. I think it was a cover three that they were trying to disguise because Jalen Mills started in the box and then rotated back. I didn't see exactly where, but it seemed like he was the post safety. And it was a beautiful ball from Jordan Love, like 
on the money, a lot of air under it. And it's one of those like Russell Wilson's moon balls where defenders are in great position and they think they can look back and try to read it. But it's in the air for so long that when you're looking back, you slow down and you lose ground. It looked like, though, Gonzalez did a great job peeling off his underneath assignment and trying to make a play. He was reading it and wasn't in position by the time the ball got there to defend it. I think that he might have gotten an earful from his coaches after that play because with the Patriots, they prioritize, one, being able to read the hands and just getting the ball out or being able to make a tackle after. Jalen Mills' rotation, I think, kept him from being able to make a play or a tackle just because he couldn't get there in time. And with Gonzalez trying to make the play and then looking back and seeing it completed, Watson was free to run down the sidelines for an explosive game. So a learning moment. I feel like with Gonzalez, a lot of the time when he makes a mistake, it's really you don't really worry about it because you're saying, okay, he's going to go in the room. Pellegrino is going to help him and tell him what to do next time. He'll figure it out. Uh, but for the most part, I thought he had a pretty good day. Just, you know, that one slant he gave up that wasn't competitive at all where I was a little confused. But, uh, yeah, he looked pretty solid. All right, how about those lower corners? Because we, we've had this talk about, you know, corner CB3 on the outside. You've got Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones, Christian Gonzalez. But if Jonathan Jones is going to be in the, in, on the inside, who's going to step up? It looked like it was going to be Isaiah Bolden for a little bit there. Sean Wade had a couple of nice days before the team went to Green Bay. Sounded like a mere speed. Uh, made some plays today. Yeah. That's kind of the group competing for that spot. And it sounds like they were all kind of busy today. Yeah, so I did hear Amir Speed and Isaiah Bolden had breakups. Again, it's hard to see everything. I didn't notice those reps yeah. myself. What I did see more was uh, I thought Marcus Jones allowed a few catches, and it really just seemed like guys were bodying him out. Like it's typical Marcus Jones story. It's not like he's getting burned or anything, but it's hard for him to fight through physicality and guys that are bigger than him. That's what it looked like on the receptions he allowed that I saw. Who I really kind of was able to hone in on was Jack Jones. He was the main guy on the outside across from Christian Gonzalez. I thought early on he had an incredible breakup where he got beat deep by Romano Dobbs, but was able to recover and actually break it up. I was walking around. I was like, wait, was that underthrown? Am I crazy? Or was that just a good play? Everyone agreed. Really good play from Jack Jones, the kind of thing you want to see from him. There was another rep where he got into it with some guys. He got into a shoving match with one of the Packers receivers. It was broken up really quickly. Nothing crazy happened. Then on the very next play, he got targeted on a deep ball where, it, to his credit, he was running stride for stride. Like, it wasn't like he got burned in the slightest, but it was a perfect ball from Sean Clifford right outside of where he could make a play on it. I think Jones thought that the receiver was out of bounds. So he started jawing with Sean Clifford a bit, but the play was still going. They were trying to, you know, move on to the next rep. And Demarcus Covington had to kind of, you know, get him back down earth and break things up. But I thought Jack Jones really, his coverage was good. The one big play that he allowed was just a perfect ball where, you know, sometimes the receiver and the quarterbacks just make a play and you got to move on. Yeah, so it, it's it's interesting with Jones getting into it with players because he's, he's kind of walking that fine line here. And on, on Marcus Jones too, the Patriots have this weird insistence on turning him into a boundary corner and putting him up against bigger players. Don't they, they need to cut that out. That is like, it's, it's similar to their weird thing where they're trying to put miles Bryant on every team's burner. And yeah. it makes miles Bryant look really bad because you're asking him to do the one thing he can't do. He's not fast. Stop asking him to cover fast players. Marcus Jones, a very capable cover corner, but you can't keep asking to cover guys that are six, four, six, five. Because he's and not going to be able to do it. And, and they, what they I think need to try something else with that. I think it's because, like, Jack Jones, for all of his strengths, he is a gambler. And you even saw it against the Texans. Like, sometimes he does struggle at the top of routes, whether it's his balance, 
Sometimes he will bite up on something and let guys get behind him. It hasn't been exposed, but if you watch the tape, it does happen. Or as Marcus Jones, that almost never happens to him. Like he's always in position. He's making the right reads consistently. It's just he loses at the catch point. So I feel like they're walking that line of like, all right, would you rather potentially get burned or would you rather, you know, it's a physical, you know, uh, tight play and the other guy just came down with it. I, I get, I'm on your team. I don't like seeing Marcus Jones on yeah. the boundary, although he's not incompetent. It's just tough because, you know, like when he goes up against Devontae Parker, it's like, well, what's he supposed to do? He was literally right. – he had his hand right there. Parker's just going to win those. And, I, yeah, I agree. It's it's a weird situation, but, you know. It's nothing against him. Just some players yeah. are better than at certain things than others. You wouldn't ask mm-hmm. Matthew Judon to set the strong side edge against the run. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's you're just letting his best skill set go out the window. So, I, I, I think Marcus Jones is a really good player, but please let him cover the players that – his skill set designates him cover instead of putting him on these six, five jump ball guys and letting him get mossed up and down the field. It's not fair to him and it doesn't help the team. So that's, I don't know. It's annoying to hear that they're still doing that. I thought maybe that was an early camp thing to prepare him for an emergency, but if they're still doing it at this point, I don't know, maybe we're going to have to deal with this. And that would be very annoying. Uh, Real quick before we let you go, because I know you got to go on with Evan. It is Patriots beat. You do got to give us a minute on what you saw from special teams today. Yeah. So Nick Volk actually looked pretty solid. Um, he did see it was a windy day and you could tell, you know, he's got that below average leg strength because some of these kicks were kind of just creeping in there. And then Chad Ryland was the opposite, but he missed a couple kicks because he was booting that thing like third, like under 40 yards. It was going real high. He saw his leg, but there were times where I was like, I genuinely don't know if it got in or not because it's way over the goalpost. And he did end up missing a couple of kicks. Um, didn't look like they were egregious. And again, the wind did have something to do with it. I think he was trying to compensate for the wind coming at him. Uh, but yeah, Nick Folk absolutely won the day. He got the lion's share of opportunities, and he looked good relative to, again, what, what his physical condition is at this point in his career. All right, Taylor Kyles, thanks so much for helping us out today. Being in Green Bay, boots on the ground. Uh, appreciate you joining us. If you guys stay on the CLNS YouTube page, you know, close and open. Taylor's going to be on with Evan as soon as we wrap this up. And I'll just spill beans right now. Uh, me and Evan are doing... Patriots beat tomorrow. So because of logistics, Taylor did today. Evan's doing tomorrow. Three podcasts tomorrow with me and Evan. We're doing Patriots.com. We're doing 98.5 The Sports Hub. And we're doing this. So I'll talk to you tomorrow. You guys are going to get sick of each other. It's been, (laughs) Taylor, it's been five years. If it didn't happen now, it's never going to happen. It's your turn to deal with them, though. So I'll let you go. Be on with Evan. Thanks to everybody else for tuning in. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Taylor will talk to you in five minutes. Have a good one, everybody.